0: All right, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. We're live now. Um, that's staying in. So, hey, uh, welcome back to the Content Swap Podcast. It's been a couple of weeks. Good to see you again. Thanks for joining us.
1: Oh, yeah. We had Thanksgiving.
0: Uh huh. Thanksgiving happened. Hope you enjoyed whatever food you wanted for Thanksgiving. If <laughs> you <love food>. <laughs> you've been following our podcast for the past month, uh, you'd know that I have the mantra that anybody can eat whatever they want on Thanksgiving with their family if you ate traditional uh thanksgiving food great if you ate anything else great good for you you know
1: i love that you emphasize it as if i if it, as if it was a debate <laughs> i never
0: said like you can't
1: eat anything you want
0: you treated never me like i that. was weird no go back i did it go back to the cowboy bebop episode I, I think that's the one just whatever it doesn't matter anyway what are we here to do
2: well,
1: first, updates. Updates. How was your day today?
0: <laughs> my day was good today. Uh, we celebrated my birthday today. Woo-woo! 29! Today is Saturday. My birthday's not until Tuesday, um, but we... What did we do? Um, did we, we got do? We got brunch this morning at a very cozy little place, and then we went and did some pottery painting, got a new mug and bowl for myself and you got a little teapot a tea with pot. mushrooms on it
1: it's actually a big teapot it's
0: quite a big teapot
2: yeah yeah but
0: okay, that, that'll I be did. cool you yeah i can make all have, the tea yeah you get to have a teapot yeah um now do you have to put the tea in the pot
1: what i'll have to do because it like is it just a, it'll be a hot for like water container no oh. for it'll be for like the loose leaf tea that i have so i'll have to go on like amazon or something and get like one of those balls that i can put the loose leaf tea in yeah and like drop it in there so that it steeps
2: oh
0: okay so yeah. a teapot is different than a tea kettle
1: right i can't like yeah. boil water and that it would like combust probably yeah, yeah would, like explode or something <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. they did say that all the like pottery is dis- microwave, microwave and safe. Yeah.
0: dishwasher safe yeah. yeah all right anyway uh yeah, we did that. Oh, yeah, I'm not gonna stick in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean I could stick my mm-hmm. mug in the microwave, you know. Yeah. Um, all right, well let's see. And then we got and ramen. Then we got ramen. That was like a surprise thing. We were gonna go get some boba, but then we were like, hey, we're hungry and a new ramen place opened up. And yeah. we live in Virginia. Like, you you just don't find good ramen. Uh, um but this was great. It was like really good ramen. Yeah, like I really objectively it. good, not like oh, this is all that's available, and that makes it good. It was like, no, this is actually really good. So, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. That was
0: a relief. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited I that we found Gander it. I ramen. Yeah. yeah. And there was a little robot that gave me my takoyaki.
1: And it was like a cat it robot. It was like a
0: cat robot that kind of <laughs> rolled up and was like,
1: I have your food. And you're like,
0: <laughs> what is this?
1: I know. It's really cute.
0: Yeah. That was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah.
0: And then we came home, and now we're recording the podcast. So, yes, I had a great day.
2: Yay. Yeah.
0: Um, But that has not stopped you from worrying that that you're going to ruin my birthday if we do anything that you think I think is not fun.
1: I know. I always get scared, especially because I always feel like I choose, like, very artsy dates because, I don't know, it's just, to me, it's fun to, like, sit and, like, do something with our hands and, like, chat. And... I always get worried that you don't like that, and you're like bored by it no instead. no no i
0: i i liked I liked it a lot today i yeah, I didn't make any guesses at what we were going to go do because i you know i already i told you if I make any guesses of what we're gonna go do, then you're gonna get all like, oh, that's what he wanted to do instead <laughs> you know. Yeah. I was going to be like, oh, are we going bowling? Are we going mini golfing?
1: Okay, I thought about mini golf, but it's so cold outside. I was like, I don't it's really want to... that s- cold outside. Well, today ended up being warmer, but it's been really cold outside lately. And I was like, I don't want to stand out in the cold to yeah. putt-putt.
0: <laughs> Whatever, doesn't matter. Yeah. We didn't. We made pottery, and I was very yeah. excited that I get to have a new mug yeah. and a new cereal bowl. <laughs> yeah,
1: this was my backup. So I'm excited for the thing that I wanted us to do I There's another thing. Yeah, okay. oh yeah. There's a thing that I think Well now
0: know I know to enjoy. expect arts and crafts. So
1: No, it wasn't an arts and crafts mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't. This was like completely different from anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was really excited about it, but I waited a little bit too late and they were all reserved. So
2: All right.
0: Well, it's uh it's like five forty, so it's a Yeah. It's more of a nighttime ish podcast recording. So hopefully we keep the energy up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I don't think it'll be a problem in my end.
0: We are here to kick off our December lineup of, yeah, Yeah. yeah, our December lineup of Content Swap content. Yeah. And uh, our theme for this first week, just to kind of ease into the Christmas season, was to assign movies that take place during Christmas, but are not necessarily... Christmas movies yes now I believe I understood the assignment wait wait. no
1: no back up neither one of us understood the assignment no no we ended up on so last episode I said that we needed your help to figure out which I don't even know if anyone told us anything but we need your help to figure out what is that middle point where you have like a non-Christmas movie that's like Completely unrelated, like the B movie, right? That right. has nothing to do with Christmas. Uh huh. That's your Why one. I keep using the B movie. Because I love that sample. movie. Okay. I love it. Okay, so that's your number one. And then your ten is like your how the Grinch stole Christmas, yeah. the, Santa, the Claus, Santa Claus, like that kind of yeah. thing. And we needed help to figure out what that five point was, and we really couldn't think of anything other than like Die Hard.
0: Die Hard and Iron Man three.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. when we chose, we chose our content. Based on what we remembered, yeah. I think both of us hadn't seen these things in a minute, mm-hmm. um, and we ended up on polar opposites. So you ended up choosing something that was like not at all Christmassy, probably like. But a it two. did take
0: place during Christmas. It
1: did. But it, yeah. yeah, it's like you forget. You don't even think about Christmas yeah. when you watch no, this. No, not at all. Yeah, and I chose something that ended up being way too Christmassy. Yeah. <laughs> yours was
0: yours was a full blown Christmas movie. Yeah, it was like a, and, I'd say a seven
1: or eight on the on that scale. Yeah,
0: and mine was like they mentioned that it's Christmas like once. Yeah. And unless they mentioned that, you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have known. Yeah. And I think what we were looking for was a movie that is not focused on Christmas being an essential part of the plot. Right. But then maybe at the end of the movie, they're like, oh, it's Christmas and that's cozy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or like, it just, I don't know, like Die Hard where it's like, oh, it's a Christmas party. But that has like nothing really to do with the storyline. Yeah.
0: But then they're like, it's Christmas. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, When all is said and done. Yeah. So, yeah, we didn't nail that. We both failed. Yeah. (laughs) I, I was a little too far on one end. You were a little too far on the other end. And I think, you know, in the middle somewhere, yeah. uh, we nailed it. <laughs> so you average it all out. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk about your movie first, which yeah. is the more Christmassy of the two. This
1: ended up being very Christmassy.
0: Yes. Um. But the the rest of the movies that we plan on assigning for this month are going to be... uh. Christmas. Quite Christmassy. Things, yeah. And we're going to do 3 of these this month because we're gone for the uh I I think it's the 24th is a Saturday yeah. and we're gone. So Yeah. Yeah, we're doing three Christmas podcasts. Mhm. And this is the first one. Mm-hmm. So you assigned me a movie made in 1994. It's called Trapped in Paradise. Mm-hmm. It stars Nicolas Cage, John Lovitz and Dana Carvey. Now, uh, if you don't know Dana Carvey, just in case, he plays Garth in Wayne's World. So, um, very similar energy type mm-hmm. of character. Uh, I wrote that Dana Carvey's character his his character's name is uh, Alvin, right? Mm-hmm. And he's literally like Alvin the chipmunk. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I, he had to be. Mm-hmm. Inspired by that in some way, shape, or form. Well, he
1: was actually, so fun fact, he was inspired by, I forget, two people. I think one was an actor and one was, like, a director or something. And that's where he pulled the voice from and, like, the mannerisms from. Um But 20th Century Fox was like, stop doing that voice. Like, don't do that. And then Nicolas Cage was like, keep doing that. <laughs> really? So, yeah, so... 20th Century Fox was not here for him doing this whole like oh. character like that yeah his he, character was like yeah <laughs> yeah we can do that <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yeah um no I th- I mean I think the performance was funny
1: <laughs> yeah I think he's he's my favorite part of the whole movie
0: yeah uh so what's the movie about uh alright so the, those three are brothers they are the uh I uh, the oh. Furpos that's yeah. their last name yeah um so the movie starts out with like just Nicolas Cage. He's uh, you're seeing that he finds a man's wallet and he's having a hard time like not taking all the money inside of it because there's like eight hundred dollars inside of it. And so he goes and talks to a priest and he's like, you know, struggling with like, oh, I wanted to steal this money. And then the priest, he's like, he mentions something about his brothers. And then the priest is like oh, your brothers are going to get out of jail early this year, it looks like, just in time for the holidays. And he's like, what? And then, boom, his brothers get out of jail. They're on parole. And that's John Lovitz and Dana Carvey. And they all get together. And immediately, Nick Cage is like, whatever you want me to do, whatever you're going to ask me to do, the answer is no. And they're like, what? Like, you can tell they're very... Uh, John Lovitz, his character just lies all the time. He can't mm-hmm. tell the truth. Everything is a lie. Just like a full-on con artist. Mm-hmm. And then Dana Carvey's character, his whole thing is that he's a kleptomaniac. So he can't help but just steal things mm-hmm. everywhere he is. Like mm-hmm.
1: He just takes things. He just takes just things to take just things. to take them. and <laughs> No matter what it is. And he's
0: wearing a winter coat for like the whole movie. So yeah. he ends up just having a bunch of stuff filling his stuff in his coat um so like yeah nick picks them up and he's like this is my car let's go and this isn't really relevant but he's driving like i don't know why but his car is just like the most rundown piece of garbage of a Mm -hmm. car i'd like ever seen in my life Mm -hmm. like his tires are flat (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he's driving on the highway. Yeah. It looks like it's been like welded together with like multiple different pieces of metal. Mm. I don't really get that. It wasn't like I don't know.
1: I mean I guess he just was they living in New York? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And he's just like a manager at a restaurant. Maybe he yeah, just he's like, a... can't afford a better car.
0: Well yeah, he's a manager at a restaurant and like I mean almost like Like, immediately, like, he he picks up his brothers, and he's taking them to go see their mom, and, like, immediately they run into trouble, where, like, Dana is trying to steal uh, stuff from a store, and then, he like, the lady that works at the store is like, stop, and then the cops end up chasing after them, and the cops, like, have their guns on them, but then Nick Cage pretends that he's a cop, and he's like, oh, I've got this. Go get backup or whatever, and they're like, ah, and... Mm -hmm it's a lot it's like what is going on yeah. um but the, anyway the point being i don't want to i don't want to get into the minutia of every single scene of this movie um but there is it's a very chaotic movie there's a lot that goes on mm-hmm. it's like a lot of shifting mm-hmm. and whatnot um so we'll see how this goes i'll, I'll try to be i'll try to be concise Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, they, they're staying with their mother's place. And then John Lovitz is like, Hey, I've got this letter from this guy I was in prison with who wants to see his daughter, uh, or who, who wants to like reconcile with his daughter because his daughter won't visit him in prison. And so, oh my goodness, it just gets so complicated. Um, <laughs> and Nicolas Cage is like we're not doing that that's out of the state and we have to stay in the state because you two are on parole and Mm -hmm. I'm responsible for you
1: and also Nicolas Cage is like you lie all the time I know that this is just some like scheme like it's not this is not real
0: and their mom like reads the letter and she's like oh you have to help this man in jail Mm -hmm. reconcile with his daughter Mm -hmm. and so Nick Cage is like I'm not having it so he goes to work and he's like you know managing this restaurant and then John Lovett's kind of just comes up and interrupts him and is like hey you left your wallet back when you know the cops were pointing their guns at us and you pretended to be a cop you accidentally left your wallet and now the cops are coming and then their sirens playing they're like oh no we got to get out of here so the Nick Cage goes with them and they like take their friend's car or something and then they drive out of the state and where are they going they're going to where that girl lives uh, who is the daughter of the guy that's in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and this
1: is, the town is called Paradise. The and town it's is called Paradise. Right?
0: It's in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And this is the paradise of the movie title. Mm-hmm. So they go oh. and they find, oh, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> They're driving and Dana's driving and he accidentally almost runs into a, police officer on a horse Mm -hmm. Um, and he gets to know some of the townspeople and the sheriff is there and he's like hey we're looking for this girl or yeah they're like we're looking for this girl Sarah and he's like there's only one girl named Sarah here and she works at the bank over there and they're like okay let's go to the bank and they find Sarah working and immediately John Lovitz wants to rob the place and Nick Cage is like talking to Sarah and Then Nick Cage and John Lovitz are talking, and they're like, Nicholas Cage is like, there's no money in the vault, so I know what you're thinking. Like, let's not try to rob the place. And then a bunch of cops walk in with big bags full of money. And they're like, we're making a deposit of two hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars to put into the vault in this bank.
1: I literally wrote a note. I was like, the fact they thought it was smart to come in and say, here's two hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. There you go. I'm like, Like, let's put it in the vault.
0: (laughs) And what that's I I wrote down this is a cartoon. Like that's just ridiculous yeah because so much ridiculous stuff just starts to happen in this movie that's like well that would not happen in real life this is very much this is a real life cartoon well that's the point of the movie yeah yeah, it's it's supposed to be it's fun it's a comedy yeah i just like i just want to preface that like none of the stuff that happens is really rooted in logic it really is (laughs) like no it's like slapstick Mm -hmm. humor cartoon humor in a movie yeah um So then Nick Cage is like, well, dang, if I had guns, I'd rob that place. And then, (laughs) and then they're like, well, let's go get guns or no. They're like, well, we already have. Oh yeah. John Lovitz is like, well, what if we We have have guns? And and they're like, okay. Now Nick Cage, who's been like the straight shooter the whole time is like, oh yeah, let's go rob that place. And they like buy ski masks from this general store. And Dana Carvey's like stealing toys out of cereal boxes at the store. <laughs> like <laughs> he was
1: just um, he took the bank pens. I was cracking yeah. up. I'm like, what are you taking the pens? Oh
0: door? yeah, he takes all the pens at the bank. It says <laughs> and like, take put them back. Take a pen yeah. and they're like, it says take one and he's got like all, <laughs> all of them. Of
2: them.
0: <laughs> um anyway, they go to the store to buy ski masks and this is relevant that there are two men that work there. Who are gonna come back, but not right now. Um, so they go to rob this bank in this small town because they're like, this is the easiest place to rob in the entire world. They go to rob this bank, and there's this woman who's like, Do you really wanna rob the bank? <laughs> She's like, It's so, like, Christmas Eve. Like, it. think about it's it. Like, Christmas. do you really wanna rob the bank? Um, they're like, yes. And they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, but it's Winterfest. Like, there's Winterfest is this thing that's happening yeah. in the town. Yeah. She's like, it's Christmas Eve. It's it's Winterfest. Like, do you really want to rob the bank? And they've got, like, <laughs> guns on everybody and stuff. And everybody's, like, got their hands in the air. Yeah. Um, And she's like, well, like, I mean, if you want to rob the bank, like, my husband is the only person that has a key to the vault and he's having lunch across the street. And he's like, Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So then he takes this woman across the street, goes into the restaurant and is like, all right.
1: He takes Dana Carvey. Yeah. he takes Dana Carvey with him sitting in the car sitting in the car to like take off. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He, he goes in and he's like, trying to get to the man but then he's like all right you know what like i'm robbing this place and he announces that to everybody and everybody's like oh and he's like okay bank manager guy come with me but then dana's like well like as soon as you as leave as soon as you leave they're gonna, they're call, they're the gonna call the police so and yeah. they're like all right so they get everybody in the restaurant <laughs> up and out of their seats to yeah. come with them to the bank to make sure nobody calls the police
1: But I'm, like, how do the people around just not, like, see these two guys with guns, like, leading a whole single file from one place to the next? it's, it's
0: (laughs) ridiculous. It is, that is, like, that was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. And so they go, they, yeah, they go to the bank, they open the vault, Nick Cage loads up money from the vault, accidentally trips the alarm, and I'm, like, nobody's thinking about Sarah anymore. Like, she's just not, we don't care about her. She doesn't even ask, like
1: in the bank when this is all happening yeah um, one one thing i want to point out that i thought was so funny in that scene is what's the guy who plays um oh what's his character's name not dana but the other guy the other brother john okay um while they were like over at the restaurant nick cage and dana he was like (laughs) in the bank telling them to do these breathing exercises. He's like, you all look stressed. Like, let's do some breathing together. He's like, I learned yoga in prison. (laughs) So then (laughs) the people from the restaurant come over. And, like, Nick Cage is, like, obviously yelling and things like that. He's like, stop. You're stressing him out. We were just doing yoga. (laughs) It's, like, so funny.
2: (laughs) It's so dumb. dumb. (laughs)
0: So then we cut to, like, the pr- in prison, the guy who wrote this letter about his daughter Sarah um, is sitting there, and he's talking to people in the cafeteria about this perfect bank to be robbed in Paradise, Pennsylvania, the one that just got robbed. There, he's explaining it to them, like, this would be the perfect bank to rob. And then on the news, one of them's like, hey, uh, is that the same bank? it got robbed and he's like Ugh! he he gets upset End scene cut to some, somewhere else um let's see oh my god okay so they're they're driving they're trying to leave paradise they're in a car and at this point like you know because they robbed a bank the FBI gets involved and is like looking for them so like, all the police are looking for them. They're on the road, and a cop spots them and starts chasing after them. And while they're trying to flee the cop, they accidentally fall off the road. I don't mean drove off the road. I mean, like, they fell off the road <laughs> down, like, onto the ice underneath this bridge. And they evade the cop successfully, but then a guy spots them is like, are you okay? And they're like no i guess not and so he's like come with me like i'll take you somewhere safe and so he they get in his car he ends up driving them back to paradise and then he he's like come have dinner with me and my family and he walks we walk into this house and this house where his family is ends up being his family ends up being the bake manager and like you know the wife and the girl, Sarah, who works at the bank, happens to be, like, living with them at the time. Mm-hmm. And so they don't recognize Nick Cage and crew because they were wearing yeah. masks during the bank robbery. But they're all like, oh, my God, these are the people we <laughs> just robbed.
1: Yeah. And, and Nick Cage's st- reaction, he's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and
2: they're, like,
1: holding – he's holding the duffel bag with the money. Yeah. Like, he- yeah. So the money's, like, in the house with everybody.
0: Yeah and the guys that they oh no 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 wait so they're they're having dinner and um on the tv you see like oh this blizzard that's happening right now is so bad that these prisoners were able to get out of jail and it turns out it's uh it's the guy that's in prison, Vic Mascucci. Uh, mm-hmm. He and his uh, friend mm-hmm. escape from jail because they're upset that this bank got robbed and they were want- they wanted to rob it. So they're like, oh, it, it had to be uh, John Lovitz's character because mm-hmm. he's the only person that knows who's on the outside. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> John Lovitz is like, uh-oh, like, I don't want people to see that on the TV. Mm-hmm. And so he tries to cover it up. Anyway, they have dinner with the bank people And it is, it's like so hilarious how sad this conversation (laughs) is. Like, they're talking about the robbery and they're like, well, the bank's going to have to probably go out of business because of this. And it's like, it's the super sad thing. I know. They're
1: like, that was everyone's Christmas money. So the whole town no longer has money. And like.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But they're also like well we ruined Christmas but we also don't care kind yes. of like vibe they're yeah. still just trying to get out of paradise Yeah. and the guys that they bought clothes from at that store that I mentioned earlier oh remember them um, they have now been deputized and they're like Those guys that we sold that stuff to had to be the robbers, which
1: like their characters make no sense to me. They're just
0: there for extra entertainment value. Yeah, I'm like, like,
1: how did they become? They're useless. They don't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And also, I was like, are they trying to take the money? Like, is that what they're trying to? Yeah, they're 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 trying trying to to, take the money. Yeah, they're
0: they're like we. They became deputies because they're like, hey, we think we know the people that did it, but also because we know the people that did it, let's try and steal the money for ourselves. Mm. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and so then the Furpos, the main character brothers, decide, all right, we're going to leave town on a bus instead. And so when they go to the bus station, they manage to, like, a guy asks Nick Cage, like, hey, what's in the bag? I'm the FBI, and you're trying to leave town on this bus. And one of the general store... or one of the guy, the clothing store guy are we calling a clothing store let's go with clothing store one of the clothing store guys comes trying to steal the bag of money well he does steal the bag of money once the fbi guy is asking nick cage he comes in steals the money and it's like wait what and then like a whole crazy shuffle happens and nick cage somehow manages to like I think he gets his hand on a gun And he like yeah. Shoots the ground a few times And well, everybody he took like took
1: the gun From the clothing store dude Oh and yeah And shot the ground shot, Or shot whatever Shot Freaks then, a bunch yeah. of people
0: out And grabs the money And they get out of there Yeah And so it's like
1: And the police at this point Are like upset At the clothing store dude Yeah Because so they're like Why are you shooting your gun Like what are you doing Yeah they
0: basically Yeah yeah They yeah. basically managed to like Make it look like their fault yeah. Like the clothing store guy's fault So then they're like Okay driving out of here didn't work the bus out of here didn't work so let's try to row down river instead so they get in a boat <laughs> <laughs> this is why the movie's called trapped, trapped in, in paradise, paradise. because yeah. they can't get out of town yeah um it turns out the cops are patrolling the river too and then dana carvey falls into the river and then these town people get together okay. This part is like kind of hilarious because these <laughs> townspeople are like, "Oh no, we gotta help him!" Mm-hmm. And then just like this old guy like gets in, like he like jumps in the water. He's like,
2: "Ooh!"
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like this. Was, this is so goofy. Yeah. yeah. Um.
1: I'm like, why would they send the oldest man into the river yeah. to grab him?
0: Yeah. And they get him, and then they're okay. And then they all decide to go to midnight mass mm-hmm. and Sarah is there and she's talking to Nick Cage and she's like, I really wish you didn't do what you did, but it's all vague and, you know, he tries to like kiss her at one point in that conversation because they there's quote-unquote sparks flying between them but like not at all yeah she's and like she's, i want nothing to do with you. yeah she's He's like, like you don't know me but then the music playing in that scene <laughs> is like tonally incorrect <laughs> and it's like what is going on yeah. anyway uh remember the horse from earlier that they almost drove into when they met the sheriff and he told them that there's a woman named sarah that works at the bank well, that horse has been currently set up in like a Santa sleigh uh, setup. Yes, yeah. and they're like, okay, we're gonna take the horse, <laughs> and so they get on this, they get on the Santa sleigh, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, they steal the horse and the sleigh that he's attached to, and some, but then the cops like get there and they're like, oh, those are the guys, and somehow this horses running a million miles an hour because they get away from the cops on their sleigh Mm -hmm. and the cops are like in cars and incompetent i guess um so they yeah they evade the cops successfully on with the horse and then they're gonna leave the horse in the cold but then he starts to like fall into the lake that part was really sad. sad they're like all right we're just gonna leave the horse here but then they're like, well, he's going to freeze to death out here. And you were you were like, yeah, he's going to freeze to death. I'm like, well, he just pulled them on the sleigh. Now it's just him attached to the sleigh. He could hypothetically still lug that sleigh around.
1: I mean, he could, yes. But it's just, I mean, would you want to be all tied up to something and no. have to like travel all the way back to your town? And horses get cold.
0: I know, but, like, would a horse be intelligent enough to run home?
1: Probably. Okay. So I kind of...
0: I mean, not to say, like, oh, I understand why they were going to leave this horse, but, like... I, I, okay, not to say I would have done it. <laughs> like,
2: What are you, Peter? No. Come get him! <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Not to say that I would have left the horse. I'm just like
1: it's just you just want he you has just the want an animal to be comfortable.
2: Yeah, and of course so to,
0: I understand. Yeah, I to understand. leave
1: them there attached to the carriage, which is already like ugh, well, I don't like it. Yeah,
0: they're yeah. like, all right, we're bouncing town. We're gonna leave the horse but then the horse yeah starts to fall into the lake like it's turns out it's standing on top of some ice and the ice starts to break yeah and that's like they really filmed that like how did Mm -hmm. that seemed dangerous it looked practical Um, it looked very practical and like a horse was actually falling into the ice and Yeah. yeah it was like i feel super bad for this horse right now yeah um And they're like, all right, no, we can't let Merlin the horse die. So they go and they save him. And then they go to a diner. And Nick Cage says, I'm going to take the money. And I'm going to put it back in the vault. Because these are good people. They've done nothing but help us. And we have ruined Christmas and ruined basically the town's whole economy. And I'm going to go put it back. And then John Lovitz is like, what? No, don't do that. Ah." And then Alvin, or Dana Carvey, is like, yeah, put mine uh, back in there too. And so <laughs> that was a very good impression. No, nah, was, that <laughs> wasn't that wasn't too good. Um, because it turns out Nick Cage still has the keys to the vault. Like, yeah. So his brother. Oh, Okay, this is about the part where like John Lovitz reveals that like the whole letter is fake, and that it was mm-hmm. just a setup, and that the like Nick Cage had not actually left his wallet and like, is not wanted back in New York. So all of that was just a setup to get him to come to Pennsylvania because John Lovitz knew that this bank was going to be super easy to rob. That was, like, the whole reason that they're even here. Mm-hmm. And Nicolas Cage ended up doing it, so it's kind of his fault. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're all... Uh, like, they're all terrible. They're all guilty <laughs> here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so... Oh my gosh! Yeah, so Nick Cage is like, all right. Well, I'm gonna go back to Paradise, and he happens to bump into these guys who are at a gas station. Turns out these guys are Vic Mascucci and his friend who just escaped from jail, who are headed to Paradise mm-hmm. looking for Nick Cage yeah, and they, Co. Yeah,
1: and they also have. Oh, they their also mom. have. They
0: also have the yeah, Nick Cage and yeah. Co's uh, mom in the trunk. In the trunk. <laughs> yeah, that's just. That just happened. Like, yeah. Yeah. They kidnapped her. She's in the trunk. And Nick Cage is like, oh, like, he doesn't know them, right? They don't know him because he wasn't in jail with them. So he's like, oh, you guys are headed to paradise. Can I come with you? And they're like, yeah, sure. And he gets in the car with them. And they're all talking. And you hear, like, a thud. And he's like, I feel like I just heard a thud. And they're like, nah, no, nah, don't worry about it. And then he ends up talking about his mom, and, like, Vic Muscucci's friend is like, yeah, I got a picture of my mom in my wallet, too. And Nick Cage is like, oh, yeah, let me show you a picture of my mom. And he shows a picture of his mom, and they're like, ah, that's <laughs> the lady in the trunk. Mm-hmm. So they, like, pull over. There's, like, then they're all, like, shooting at each other and, like, shouting, and somehow they drive off. The cops drive off. The cops, like, were there, but then not. Mm-hmm that part was weird (laughs) so now nick cage is not with them but now john lovitz and dana carvey are also went back to paradise and just happened to be like right there and so now nick cage and his brothers are back together that was like a all right this that whole side like put him in the car with the bad guys thing was just for laughs like it's yeah. Because now suddenly he's still in paradise with his brother. So it was like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, so they go they go to the bank and they try, they open the vault, but now there's bars on the vault and they can't get into the vault. So then instead they leave the money at the church and at, like they leave it at the front porch and they like knock and like the pastor comes out and reads the note. Then they bump into the store guys and they take them to the bank manager's house because that's where the store guys think the money is? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where the store... Yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where the store guys think the money is. But then it turns out Vic Muscucci and his friend are there mm-hmm. with the Andersons. And Sarah, his daughter, is there as well. Um, and... He's kinda Vic Muscucci's holding them hostage, but then the Furpos and the clothing store manager <laughs> people show up and everybody's being held up and he's like, Where's my money? And the Furpos are like, We gave it to the church and then uh I don't know why this man is there, but the man that like who was a police officer that has like an emotional connection to the Merlin horse happened to be there dressed as, like, Santa, and he, like, and he ends up taking out the prisoners, and the FBI steps in to take care of the rest, and Sarah goes to talk to the church guy and realizes that they did, in fact, leave the money there, and then the bank manager is asked to identify them as the bank robbers Mm -hmm. to the FBI, and... Or the bank manager's wife is asked and she's like, nope, it's not them. And like the whole town ends up defending them and it's like, No, they didn't rob the bank. These are good men. And the FBI's like, You're kidding me? Um and the FBI the head FBI man is played by Richard Jenkins, uh, if you know who that is, just to help uh paint a picture here. Um but it all—it ultimately culminates in him being like, "All right, well, I got nothing on you guys. You're getting the break of a lifetime. Get out of here." Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then Nick Cage is talking to Sarah, and he's like, "You know what? I could really settle down in a place like this." And she's like, "Well, why not settle down here? Yeah." And not in a place like this, but here. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Yeah." And then they kiss, and they're like <laughs> and they holding, kiss. and they're like holding hands. <laughs> I know, and it's they've like known each other for ridiculous. one day, yes. and he
1: like robbed her place of work. But so hey, how does that happen? Hey,
0: Christmas, am I right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, I think the whole point, because I, I literally wrote in my notes, I'm like, what is the point of like Nick Cage and Sarah? And the only thing I can come up with is the fact that like her dad was in prison. At some point, Nick Cage asked her, like, "Do you think people can change?" And so, like. Her initial perceptions of him is, like, he's just like her dad. He's, like, doing shady stuff. And then when he donates that, or when he donates the money, LOL, when he gives back the money, she's like, oh, some, like, maybe a person can change. And so then, yeah, I'm like, I guess she gives him a shot. And maybe that reconciles some feelings she had toward her dad, towards her dad. I don't know.
0: Well, overall, I would say it was a very entertaining movie. I also think it was an extremely dumb movie. Oh, Um, yes,
1: for sure. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a good time. I mean, if you just listen to that whole summary and you're like, that sounded so dumb, you're right. (laughs) It is dumb. Yeah. And there's a lot, there's like a lot to keep up with, a lot to follow. I'm like, yeah. John Lovitz's character's like whole lying shtick gets like very convoluted and confusing to understand
1: yeah yeah i feel like this is a movie that like if you like like national lampoon's christmas vacation you might like something you might like this this is like obviously not as well crafted as like any national lampoon movie but it's that same kind of humor of just like ridiculous things happening to a character yeah so yeah
0: it's yeah the like i mean the funniness comes out when it's like this whole ridiculous bank heist is happening where they've got like the whole town inside the bank now yeah they're trying to get out of paradise but they keep ending up back in paradise Paradise, and they bump into the nick cages in the car with them and they've got his mom in the trunk she ends up okay by the way um so it's just it's just funny and silly and yeah all over the place yeah yeah it was a good time
1: Yes, I, so I only had seen this once before and like I said I think last podcast I had watched it it's my like my dad loves this movie and there was a Christmas that it was just me and him he had knee surgery so he was home like the whole break and I was home from school and so he was like have you seen trapped in paradise and I was like no what is that and he was like oh boy we're sitting down and we're watching it and like we just like laughed and like died and we're like this is the dumbest thing and these characters are so dumb But I don't know. I like really loved that. It was like a bonding moment. This movie is like a moment for me in terms of, you know, hanging out with my dad. And he doesn't like to watch movies unless it's like Halloween. So that was like a real special treat. Yeah. So I really, I really enjoy it. It's again, not a great movie, but has its moments. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, it was, it was fun. Yeah. 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 I, I'm sure we'll end up watching it again.
1: Yeah. Um, so some fun facts. Um, so as we mentioned, there a blizzard occurs in this movie. Yeah. Um, so the filmmaker so this was shot in Canada. Mm. I wanna say Ontario.
2: Okay. Um
1: the filmmakers had to obviously have a lot of snow in the scenes because there was a blizzard.
0: Oh, yeah. There's constantly snow <laughs> happening. Yes. Yeah. And like it's like every, heavy snow. Every scene has snow, snow falling. Snow coming out. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so to supplement the real snow, and I wonder if this is something they do in all movies that have snow, mm-hmm. they used biodegradable potato flakes.
2: <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs>
1: yeah uh, okay yeah and i'm like is that typical that. yeah i'm like is that t-? i mean that makes sense because it's like you don't want a bunch of like i don't know like plastic just littering you
0: yeah, know but like places places like tahoe and stuff if they don't have enough snow for the season they will just create artificial snow
1: but is that like something that can be snowflaked or is I mean, that just they like, like shoot sheet? it
0: into the air
1: mm, yeah yeah i don't know maybe they didn't want it to be cold for the actors
0: i guess well <laughs> I sh- don't know. they shot it in ontario it's already pretty cold <laughs> that's there that's
1: true i know i was like that's so weird i've never heard of that um all right what else you yeah, got apparently the cast hated filming this movie really yeah so one of the issues that popped up and i don't know about the other issues that popped up but one thing was that the director like, never really gave direction. And so he was just kind of like, do whatever you want. And I guess the actors, like, didn't appreciate that. And so they were in a, like, the actors themselves had to kind of direct things and, like, figure out what to do for the movie. Oh, that Um, sucks. Yeah. And so they were not happy with that.
0: Good direction can make or break a project. Yeah. Not just a movie.
1: Yeah. Um, I already talked about Dana Carvey's voice and how 20th Century Fox did not want him to do the voice. The last thing that I have is that this, this movie bombed <laughs> like the box office. No. <laughs> I know, it's <that's> not surprising. <laughs> um, and I think like in the time that this came out, oh, what was the movie that The Lion King had like out? Mm. <laughs>
0: how do you even compete? I know, I yeah.
1: know. Um, but it only made 5.8 million at the box office, and that's like gross for the U.S. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes it currently has a five percent.
0: Oh, <laughs> I I mean I did I did see the IMDb is in like the five point six ish range. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's not. I
0: was like, what yeah. to expect with a five point six? Yeah,
1: I feel like it's on the reviews. Everyone's just like, there's just so much nonsense going on. Mm-hmm. Like, what the heck? But I don't know. I kind of like... I kind of like... I like it. I yeah, like it. I'm like, it's... It is a nonsense movie, which is what makes it so great. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
0: <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed it. It was very much a Christmas movie.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So,
0: time to move on to...
1: in Bruges, ...heavier... Yeah. ...topic. Yeah. And honestly, I'll probably get through this pretty fast. All because, right. Because... Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, I didn't even write down the year. What year did this come out? In
0: 2000, 2008. Okay. Directed so, and written by Martin McDonough.
1: Yeah. So we watched in Bruges. And I'm like, how do I even want to start this? This was a very tonally like dark, like more like darker, sadder problematic.
0: I think it's I think it's described as like a black comedy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where the comedy part's coming from. <laughs> well,
0: not comedy, yeah. but like black comedy. Yeah. Like like ridiculous.
1: But there's like dark like dark humor type of things.
0: It's not necessarily like a dark It's not dark humor. It's like dark in like a, <laughs> it's like poetically dark.
1: I don't see it as poetic either, but well, that's there's just, me.
0: just I want a real quick preface. Um, this movie was nominated for best original screenplay at the Oscars that wow. year.
1: Wow! Did it win? No, thank goodness. I'm sorry. Um,
0: <laughs> Col- Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, who are the two main actors in this movie. Yeah. we're both nominated for Golden Globes Colin Farrell won
1: wow yeah okay <laughs> so, so obviously you guys can see how or you can tell from my tone if you're listening
0: you did not appreciate this movie I did movie. not like this
1: movie yeah. I, I think this might be my first piece of content that I'm like I really disliked it and I don't ever want to watch it again <laughs> And I haven't felt this strongly about anything that's been assigned.
0: Okay, so... Wow. Um,
1: Let me explain what what it's about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, it starts off very, very, like, emo. (laughs) And he's, like, talking about... Colin Farrell is talking... What's his character's name? Ray. He's talking about... Basically, he was hired by a guy to kill this priest. And... In the process of doing that, he accidentally shoots a child who was, like, at the church praying. Um, and that was really tough for him. Mm-hmm. And so because that happened, him and his partner, uh, Ken, they take off and flee to Bruges, which is where the guy who had hired them told them to go. Yeah,
0: Harry Harry, is the one that hired yeah. them.
1: Yeah, and so really this whole – I'm not going to go – part by part honestly like nothing happens but also like stuff happens yeah yeah yeah. so in this time period or in the movie we see them just kind of waiting for harry's instructions they haven't received anything from him he harry has put them in this like hotel so in the meantime they're kind of just like sightseeing doing whatever they feel like it
0: waiting for his phone call
1: right and in the process you meet a few other characters colin farrell meets this girl that he really likes named chloe um, they're filming this movie where this guy who has like dwarfism is like the main actor, and like he's like Colin Farrell, like talks to him, and they kind of at some point become friends.
0: Yeah. Well, like, like it's, yeah, sorry, we would say like they're filming, smooth. it's like just some random film crew yeah. in Bruges is filming a movie. Yes. <laughs> and the, the guy with dwarfism, uh, his name's Jimmy, he's yeah. not the main actor of the movie. Oh, it's just my that bad. they're like filming a dream sequence. Yeah. In Bruges. Yeah. And Jimmy is like part of the dream sequence of the movie. Got you. I yeah. thought he was the main character. Okay.
1: So, yeah. Um, but Colin Farrell is like kind of obsessed with him and like wants to talk to him and like hang out with him. Yeah. um, Obsessed with him like not in the best way. Yeah. <laughs>
0: obsessed with him because he has dwarfism. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Yeah.
1: um, and But yeah. But through the whole movie, basically you're seeing Colin Farrell or his character Ray. You're seeing Ray... Just, like, struggle with his, like, conscience for killing this child. And, yeah. like, it gets to a point where, and trigger warning for anyone sh- who has struggled with mental health or struggles oh, yeah, to hear yeah, yeah, about yeah. mental health. I
0: mean, just big trigger warning yes. on this whole movie. It's, yes. It's a depressing movie.
1: Definitely. Um, but trigger warning, he, like has like suicidal ideation and that's kind of like a point he gets to in the movie where he's like i literally cannot live with the fact that i did this to a child an innocent child and like i want to end my life um and his partner ken is like trying to like console him throughout the movie of like you know you can save the next kid like you don't have to resort to like such an extreme like outcome um you can, you can have, like, a full life. You can get out of this work first and, like, mm-hmm. go live your life and make something good of yourself. Um, And so, yeah, that's pretty much the movie.
0: Well, like, I mean, there's Harry, the guy that hired them, tries to make sure that like Ken is alone once he gets on the phone with him and basically tells him like yeah, yeah Ray killed a child and he needs to pay the consequences yes. so yeah. you need to you need to kill him for me go pick up a gun yeah and it's it's when Ken is literally like behind Ray following him into a park where he is about to kill him because he's been instructed to do so mm-hmm. that's when we see that Ray is about to yeah like attempt suicide yeah and then ken seeing that despite being about to kill him himself stops him yeah and then they have like a whole transparent conversation about like yeah everything that's happening
1: yeah and from that point you know ken doesn't kill him obviously he saves him from killing himself and he's basically he puts ray on a train and is like just get out of here i'll deal with harry i'll take the consequences for letting you go just go wherever and just live your life. And so, he sends Ray on a train. Um, but Ray had like <laughs> Ray had like assaulted a couple uh, at a restaurant for yeah. like this for just saying something dumb. Well, yeah, the couple yeah. was mad
0: at Chloe. Ray was on a date with Chloe. Chloe was smoking in the restaurant, yeah, blowing her smoke at this couple next to them. Yeah. and when she went to the bathroom the husband of that couple got upset and ray is like i don't know not a great guy and he sucks yeah he sucks, <laughs> he so, sucks so bad he like inevitably ends up like punching yeah both the husband and wife he's
1: just like very impulsive yeah and, like just decks him
0: yeah and he's like all right let's get out of here yeah so yeah no. so
1: yeah so when he's on the train the police come and they're like hey you're that dude who assaulted these Canadians, yeah. which he thought that he like has a thing against Americans, yeah. and so like he was like, oh, dude was Canadian, not American, so they yeah. kick him off the train, and so he ends up back in Bruges. Speaking of like trapped in paradise, yeah. <laughs> trapped in Bruges, he ends up back in Bruges, um, and at this point, Harry had flown out to Bruges to kill Ken because he's like, you disobeyed my instructions. Oh yeah, Hi-
0: um, Ken calls Harry, and it's like, I put. Ray on a train. Do your worst. Do what you have to do. Yeah, I accept it.
1: Yeah. So now all three of them are in Bruges, but they don't know. Like Ken and Harry don't know that Ray's back in Bruges. Yeah. Um. And Ray, he yeah, he's just like in Bruges, like hanging out with Chloe at that point.
0: And Harry is played by Rafe Fines, um, known. Famously played Voldemort. Uh, yeah, he was in that The King's Man movie. Um, oh yeah,
2: yeah,
1: um, yeah. Great, so, great actor. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, in this movie, he's very scary.
0: They're all honestly <laughs> really good actors. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yes, yes. But yeah. <laughs> continue. Characters. Um. So yeah. So basically, Harry and Ken go up to this, the top of this tower. Um, on ken's request and it's basically like all right i'm gonna harry's like i'm gonna kill you and but ken's not fighting back and so harry's like why aren't you fighting back like we need to do this this way yeah and ken's like no just like do whatever you gotta do and get it done with Mm -hmm. and so this leads into a conversation um harry ultimately decides not to kill ken um but he does shoot him in the leg because he's like i mean i gotta
0: You gotta do something. Yeah, I gotta do something.
1: And so they just, they, that happens. They're about to, like, they're making their way down this tower when um, this other character who we meet earlier, it's another person, Ray, like, yeah, yeah. 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 another person, Ray, like, assaults at some point. It's
0: like Chloe's ex boyfriend.
1: Yeah, he doesn't, honestly, he doesn't matter. But he recognizes that Colin Farrell, that Ray is back in Bruges. And runs up this tower because he knows that Harry and Ken are up there. And he tells them, like, hey. Harry's Ray's downstairs. He- right.
0: Wait, sorry. Ray, yeah, Ray, <laughs> yeah, Ray's downstairs yeah. at the bar. He's
1: like, Ray's here, like, chilling. Yeah. And so then immediately, Harry is just livid. Kills, well, no. Shoots Ken in the neck um, and just. Because, yeah, yeah. Then,
0: because Ken is like, I'm like, oh, Ray's here. Like, I got to defend him. So now they're starting to actually, like, fight. Yeah. Yeah. And but, so- yeah, shoots him in the Yeah. Ken gets shot in the neck.
1: Yeah. Harry takes off running down the tower, but Ken's still alive. So he makes his way up to the top of the tower, drops some coins, and then jumps, like puts his gun in like his coat pocket and jumps off the tower and just like splats the ground, but in front of Ray, And so Ray is like, oh my gosh, someone just jumped off the tower, runs over there, sees that it's Ken, and Ken's like, Harry's here and he's about to kill you. Take my gun and go. But the gun's like messed Busted. up. Yeah. yeah. And so he's like, well, what did you do with my like with the gun that I had earlier? And realizes that it's back at the hotel. So then this is like a whole chase. Ray's running back to the hotel to get this gun. Harry's running after him. Um, and once they make it to the hotel, they don't want to put the woman. There's a woman who owns the hotel that's pregnant. And they don't want to put her in harm's way. So they come up with this plan to Colin Farrell will jump out the window onto into like the river or whatever,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and Harry can then run out and try and get him. So that happens. That plan happens. He ends up jumping onto like a boat. Um, as he's on the boat, Harry does get a shot at him, which like it goes through like his like ribs, essentially. Like it's like somewhere in his abdomen. Um, he's fine. Yeah, he's he's fine well, for now. Fine, yeah, fine ish. Uh, yeah. Ends up stumbling, making it to this movie set. Where oh yeah, movie set where the guy what's the Jimmy Jim, Jimmy Jimmy is shooting um, a movie a movie <laughs> yeah not shooting <laughs> shooting shooting a movie they're filming the movie. Jimmy and,
0: Jimmy also happens to be dressed like a little boy for the yeah, stream sequence yeah.
1: And so when Harry sh- Harry shoots at Colin Farrell Ray sorry yes Ray. And through this, it hits Jimmy and kills Jimmy. And so Colin Farrell tries to, like... So something that Harry had said when he was eating dinner with Ken to explain why he had to do what he had to do. He was like, if I were to have killed a child...
0: On accident. On
1: accident. Like, on sight, I'm killing myself because I just did a horrible thing. And that's why he feels like Ray needs to be taken out. Yeah. Um... And so when this thing happens at, on the filming set, he thinks he just shot a child. And he's like, oh, I just did exactly what Ray did. So he's like, you know what? I got to live by what I say. And he, uh, Colin Farrell tries to stop him to say like, hey, that's not a child. But he shoots himself. Yeah. And literally that's the end of the movie. Colin Farrell gets taken out on a gurney to like go to the hospital.
0: And there's this whole like, narration where he's like, in that moment, I was like, I hope I don't die. Yeah. And that's the
1: movie. <laughs> that's the movie. Um, this was <laughs> very, very dark and just, like, depressing. Yeah, it was
0: super depressing. Like, I did not remember it being so depressing. Yeah. Um,
1: and also, it's it's... There's
0: a lot of problematic dialogue.
1: Yes. There's a lot of conversations about black people that are just, like, uncomfortable to sit through and listen to. There's conversations about those with dwarfism. There's conversations about just like all kinds of things that are just really hard to sit through and just hear. And they're saying these things as like it's typical, normal things to say and like it's okay and no one cares and whatever. And so that's just, that was really hard. And, um, i am confused <laughs> because i'm like how what am i supposed to feel for these characters because it felt like a setup for me to feel sympathy for ray and i had no sympathy mm-hmm. and, and like that's it like the whole thing is to see how like ray can change and like you have Ken who's like really advocating for him and like at the end you have this message of like oh i hope i don't die which like guys, i mean i think anyone deserves to die but like i don't know if i was supposed to come out of the movie seeing ray in a good light because i Mm -hmm. didn't i was like you've done terrible things right right and you've said terrible things right and so like you need to be put in jail like (laughs) that's what needs to happen like i don't feel bad for you and i don't know like was that what i was supposed to take away
0: so all right um I did do a little bit of reading on, like, the analysis of this movie. So, um, the first thing I want to say is that I understand exactly where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. So, um, don't let this explanation of, like, what the writer's intent Mm -hmm. uh, coming from me be in any way me diminishing your reaction to the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So where I mean where to begin um actually so I actually googled uh right before we started recording this I googled in Bruges racist (laughs) and uh, like to kind of figure Mm -hmm. out like hey do people have like an issue with Mm -hmm. this movie um I came across this review I think it was like the first thing that came up um, a review written by Cezine Kohler on BlackGirlNerds.com, mm-hmm. and she called the movie a tale of self uh, <clears throat> a tale of self isolation gone wrong, and uses that to explain the messed up worldview of characters like Jimmy and Ray. Mm-hmm. So, like in Jimmy's case, he does have dwarfism, but also he's like super addicted to drugs, mm-hmm. and like at one point is on horse tranquilizer. And, like, Ray sees him and is, like, waving at him. But Jimmy doesn't even, like, wave at him because, like, Jimmy's high. Mm -hmm. And at one point, Ray bumps into Jimmy and Jimmy's, like, with a prostitute. Mm -hmm. And, um, like, and then also, like, they end up getting high together. And Jimmy has this whole crazy idea when he's, like, high on cocaine about, like, a race war that's going to happen. And like her review kind of highlighted how like jimmy's like disdain for the people around him and like building up this like self-isolation and not kind of like acknowledging people outside of his own worldview led him to then develop those types of like Mm -hmm. messed up thoughts and like you know Mm -hmm. Basically, yeah, ignoring people and mm-hmm. like not developing genuine connections with people mm-hmm. led to him having that mindset. And then the same can be said for Ray, in that like he has this huge issue with Americans, mm-hmm. and he's like has all these yeah preconceived notions. And he says he like hates Bruges. He just wants to go back to Ireland,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and so that is also kind of like highlighting how like his self isolation to like never want to acknowledge people that are different from him um, goes wrong because he like does say some messed up stuff about black people. Mm -hmm. He like has this super weird fascination with Jimmy's dwarfism and it's like, it's all inappropriate. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and then like Harry has this whole like thing with his, his worldview, which is like living by his code of ethics and, Mm -hmm morals and but like that's ultimately what ends up getting him killed because he like won't change mm-hmm. but then like there i guess there's this thought that like through this experience like ray could change mm-hmm. um now that he's because he was suicidal earlier in the movie now at the very end of the movie he's saying he wants to live mm-hmm. um so, there's that, and then, like, Bruges, being them being in Bruges and being told to wait for Harry's call, like, there's there's a part of the movie when they're waiting in Bruges and they're um, going sightseeing, and they have this conversation about heaven and hell and purgatory, and when you're in purgatory, you're, like, stuck in the in-between. Mm-hmm. And they see this painting that's supposed to be depicting Judgment Day, and... It's like, it's a very kind of like, whoa, it's, I don't know how to, it's a very surrealist almost uh, type of painting of like, I don't know, rat people and like just, Mm -hmm. it's just a bunch of weird stuff. Mm -hmm. And so them being in Bruges waiting for Harry's phone call is like for Ray supposed to represent like him kind of being stuck Mm -hmm. in purgatory Mm -hmm. and for ken it's almost like he's in heaven because he actually really likes bruges um and ken finds it to be almost like a fairy tale and then that part where at the end where ray is running away from well i mean you know it's like heaven for ken and ken ends up being the one that actually Mm -hmm. like he ends up being the one that kills himself, despite not having been the one that was actually suicidal. Um, And then Ray, like when he's chasing, when he's running away from Harry at the end of the movie, um, he ends up on this movie set that was filming the stream sequence And all of the people that are dressed up in their costumes for this movie dream sequence, Mm -hmm. all of those costumes are very reminiscent of the imagery from that Judgment Day painting that they'd seen earlier in the movie. Mm -hmm. And then Jimmy being dressed like a little boy is supposed to be like represent like Ray having killed a child earlier in the movie, Mm -hmm. and it's like him be coming face to face with his sin Mm -hmm. on Judgment Day, Mm -hmm. and then. But then, like Harry ends up you know killing him, and that like his yeah, Harry's lack of willingness to change is ends up ends up what gets Harry killed, and then now mm-hmm. Ray wants to change, um yeah, <laughs> so it's all very like. It, that's why I keep using the word like poetic mm-hmm. because there's this like deeper deeper meaning, meaning deeper representation of everything like yeah. the characters aren't written to be racist because it's entertaining that they're racist they're written to be racist to make a point yeah. about people, people. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah I get that I get that as a woman of color <laughs> it's just not what i want to sin here and like subject myself to yeah it is really hard um but but what i so a question i have so like are we because you say like ken for him like bruges is heaven and ken is definitely a much nicer character yeah and he i can see how he's likable However, also like at the at the end of the movie, I'm like, okay, they were all terrible. Like Ken does not get off the hook just because he's nicer, because he's also a part of this kind of business where he's just killing folks for money. And
0: but it's revealed that it's revealed that Kevin is only sorry, Kevin (laughs) Who's Kevin? There's no Kevin in this movie. (laughs) It's it's revealed that like Ken is only in this business because in like nineteen seventy-six he had a wife. And she was black. Mm -hmm. And she was murdered by a white man. Mm -hmm. And then Harry ended up like murdering that man for Ken. Mm -hmm. And because Ken was now in Harry's debt, that's why Ken ended up becoming a hitman. Because he Mm -hmm. owed him. And so he's only in this business because he wanted redemption for his wife.
1: But still... Yeah. That's not, like, you I, can't just do that. And, well, yeah.
0: <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> of all the characters, despite Ken being also a hitman.
1: Yeah. I mean, he is he the better is the be- person the, of all of the... He's of, the lesser yeah. of
0: all of the evils. Yes, yes. I also I did see that in the trivia that he is the only one that doesn't... He's the only one in this movie that doesn't actually, like, kill anyone.
1: Yeah. In the movie. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just the story, it feels like a lot of people getting away with whatever they've done. Like it's like a lot of people just, I don't know, despite like there were deaths, but like at the end of the day, it was people who got away with everything that they've done and yeah. just you're you're, you know, you yeah. move on. And that's I don't know. I struggle with I struggle with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, despite all the artistic, you know, (laughs) integrity of the movie, uh, (laughs) like, I still wrote down, like, despite despite all of that, like, I do, I mean, the, like, I think it's well written in the, like, this represents this and all that. Like, that part, I think, is really well done. Um, But it still does feel very much like, white cisgender heterosexual men Mm -hmm. kind of saying whatever they feel like they want to say Mm -hmm. Um, like it still has that like white male dominant Mm -hmm. industry Mm -hmm. vibe Mm -hmm. in this movie Mm -hmm. so like I get it Mm -hmm. Um, because it kind of feels like it was made for that audience you Mm -hmm. know Mm-hmm. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah So okay I I've I don't also had only seen this movie once before and I watched it in 2013 it was like on Netflix at the time mm-hmm. And I watched it because I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. So oh, what
1: a what a wild movie
0: to watch know, when you can't sleep. It was like one night I just like couldn't sleep, so I yeah. went on my phone and I was looking at Netflix and I was like, "In Bruges, what is what's that? In Bruges, it's got seven point nine on IMDb. I'll watch it." Mm-hmm. And I think I like I watched half of it, and then I did fall asleep, mm-hmm. but then I woke up and I was like, "Ah!" Oh. So then I watched the second half mm-hmm. of the movie mm-hmm. and. So, like, yeah, the only other time I'd seen this movie, I was, like, trying to fall asleep in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and watched it in two parts. Mm-hmm. So, I didn't, like, remember all the problematic stuff. I just remembered, like, oh, yeah, there's Hitman, mm-hmm. Colin Farrell accidentally kills a kid, by mm-hmm. the end of the movie, uh, like, Brendan Gleeson ends up, like, jumping off of a tower to save him, mm-hmm. and then, uh, like... Ray finds, accidentally kills a kid and he's, like, not okay with it, so he ends up killing himself. Like, that's all I remember. Mm-hmm. And I remember that Colin Farrell was like, Bruce sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah. That is all I remembered, and I was like, yeah, yeah. it was pretty good, which is why I picked it. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's still... I'm glad you picked it because I think it makes for a good conversation. Yeah. And despite me really not liking it and really not enjoying it. Like, I don't know. I I think it was a good, I think it was a good pick just to like, see something that's like this. Cause it, it's unlike any movie I can think of. Like, I, I don't think I've seen a movie quite like this one. Yeah. And so it is interesting, but yeah, I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, um, some other, I got, I got some little fun facts. We want to just go straight into that. Yeah, that's um, um, so, I just only have a, a few. Um, mm-hmm. So, I already went over all the Golden Globe stuff and the nomination for Best Original Screenplay. Um, Colin Farrell is indeed Irish. So, there's wow. that. It's not much of a trivia. I thought he was American. Well, it is trivia. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I thought he was American too. No, he is indeed uh, Irish. Wow. Um, they filmed in Bruges. And they kept the Christmas decorations up until the end of March for filming the movie. Wow. Can you imagine? Yeah. The like Bruges, uh, I don't know, town hall committee basically had to like inform people like, hey, we're keeping the Christmas decorations up (laughs) for three extra months because there's a movie being filmed. Oh my gosh. That's (laughs) wild. Um, And then the last piece of trivia I have is that uh, the F word is said 128 times. The movie I think is uh, 107 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so this leads to an approximate 1.18 F words per minute.
1: I believe it they were just spitting it out.
0: Yeah. Like well, a lot.
1: Like it was like in a sentence in one sentence it was probably it probably made like up like 70% of the of the oh, sentence.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um
1: Yeah, so that's that movie.
0: Wow what did you think about yuri and the alcoves
1: i thought he was funny (laughs) yeah Yeah. like okay
0: like actually there is there are like funny moments of dialogue that's almost and i think that's kind of like the the black comedy part to the movie In that like oh yeah brendan gleason is picking up a gun from this guy yuri but yuri is like oh, like, you know, if I was to kill somebody, I'd take them to the alcoves. Do you say this word, alcoves? Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, sometimes. And he's like, maybe I'd say nooks and crannies. Mm -hmm. And Yuri's like, ah, yes, nooks and crannies, (laughs) much better than this word alcoves. (laughs) And he's like this nice kind of like goofy Mm -hmm. guy. He just happens to be selling him a gun. And then that scene where they're like wanting to have a shootout in the hotel and Colin Farrell and Ray Fiennes are like, all right, like, you know, I'll jump out the window and I'll go into the water and you can come chase after me. And mm-hmm. Ray finds is like, okay, well, is it a left or a right? And he's like, the ravine's right there. And like, mm-hmm. they're having this like ridiculous conversation about like, all right, here's how we're going to carry on our shootout mm-hmm. so to make sure that this woman doesn't get shot. Mm-hmm. Um, like that dialogue is like, mm-hmm. it's it's funny, it's entertaining. Yeah. Um, not all of the dialogue is entertaining. <laughs> but like yeah. those those little moments, I guess, are like, i don't know
1: charming yeah i mean there were those parts i definitely like giggled <laughs> so i was like this is dumb <laughs> yeah i'm pretty in my notes i literally wrote especially for like that part i wrote men are stupid <laughs> like they're yeah. so dumb Yeah. but yeah um yeah yeah <laughs> i guess i don't even know i don't even know like what to say from here i i didn't particularly enjoy it maybe it's for you and i'm not gonna judge anyone who wants to watch it yeah i mean this guy martin
0: mcdonough this is really the only movie of his that i've seen he also did like seven psychopaths and
1: oh i've seen that one have i seen that one i've seen that one have i seen that? yeah
0: okay i don't know (laughs) Uh, you either have or you haven't um yeah and like he you know he's done other movies he just came out with this movie banshees uh, the Banshees of Inishirin. Mm-hmm. Inishirin? I don't know. Um, but Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleason also star in that one. Mm. And it's like getting a bunch of like Oscar nods right now. And people think it's going to get nominated for Best Screenplay. So I'm kind of curious now that we've watched this, to... Then check that out to see if it's any good. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have a way of you know doing this whole artistic thing with the screenplay like they did in this movie, but maybe take out all the problematic stuff because that mm-hmm. would be great. Like I do think there is a strength to like tell this kind of story and write write it super well, but I do think like it maybe could have been done like if it was done today, especially mm-hmm. like it it would be a little bit more careful about. How it choose to approach topics like dwarfism and racism and
1: yeah, all that. I like wonder like I wonder with like movies, especially if you're trying to portray a character who has values or has this like worldview that is problematic. And like we do, we need movies that show that like are a reflection of our reality because if you have a bunch of movies that are just like everything's awesome everything's great then it's like that's not how real life works and that's not showing the like darkness that can be in humans right and so like that's i'm like it's not necessarily i don't want to say it's necessarily bad that like these characters have this worldview because that is reality like there are people with this worldview who would who would say these things right um, I think it's just, well, one, you have to make sure you do it carefully. <laughs> and like, it depends on what you're trying, it depends on what the story is and what you're trying to convey. Because if like, you're not trying to convey somebody in a certain way, but you're they're saying these like wild things and it's like, that's terrible. But yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. It's like, I think stories that portray people in this sort of way. We need to portray a diversity of people in terms of like worldviews and things like that. And so that's that's fine. That's whatever. Will I engage with it personally? Probably not because, you know, I don't wanna I don't want to hear that. It's like I don't typically watch movies about enslavement because it's like I don't want to live that trauma. Like I don't want in my spare time, I don't want to live in that trauma. Yeah. Um and so yeah, I think but then it's like, well who's watching who wants to watch these movies? And is it somebody who might also have this worldview? And so they're not seeing the bad in it?
2: Mm.
1: It's a weird thing. I'm like, I don't really know where I kind of land in all of that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. I don't know if you have thoughts. It's okay if you don't.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I feel like I put out all the thoughts yeah. I had. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, like, yeah, how do you... How do you depict all that while not offending anyone? I don't know. Yeah. Let's just say I'm <laughs> a straight white man. I'm not gonna try mm-hmm. to touch on those topics yeah. in like uh me making like like I wouldn't I would not have the guts to oh do what Martin McDonough did oh. with <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> in writing like and directing this movie. Yeah. No, no, know. I'll talk about it. Yeah. But like, I'm not going to, in my position, yeah. write and direct a movie yeah. where I'm going to use that to help yeah. support like my artistic point that I'm making about the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, yeah, some people can and can be successful. Yeah. Um, I but for me like i'm not going to try cuz i don't think i would give it justice the way that it deserves yeah but yeah. i'm certainly willing to talk about it yeah and try to help somebody else understand yeah what makes that problematic and then like you know like i don't i don't think we're supposed to look at rays character and like him necessarily right like he is a, a screwed up guy like mm-hmm. he's I mean, he like we already dislike him because he killed a child. Yeah. And, but like at the same time, we're supposed to sympathize with him, but then he just like illustrates that he straight up sucks.
1: That's the thing. Yeah, it's not that I think like we're supposed to come out of it liking him. I don't think that because like it's very clear like he's not a great person, but it's that sympathy part that I struggle with. Yeah, it's like. I don't know. I don't know if I can sympathize. I don't know. I mean, yeah. It sucks that he killed a child and like feels bad about it. Yeah. But like you killed a child.
0: Yeah. It's like all you can all you can hope for at the end of this movie is that if he does live that he carries on his life in a responsible way and like wow. as Ken was trying to tell him like saves the next child and maybe yeah, gets out of that like self-preservation mode of thinking and will you know like be learn to be more tolerant of people that are different than him and open up his worldview
1: yeah there's just not enough in the movie that shows me that that will happen no (laughs) so it's like he's like he's like literally crap for the whole movie and so it's like
0: you have to take the artistic vision on its (laughs) word that he will (laughs) (laughs)
1: I need a follow-up movie. What's he doing now? Has he started a charity? Yeah,
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's just nothing that like helps me believe that that is what's going to occur. And so I'm really just left with like the feeling of he just got away. Yeah. He just
0: got got away with everything that he did. Yeah, Yeah.
1: like he got no consequences. And so that's where I'm like, ugh.
0: I mean – They do point out that this whole job, where he was supposed to kill this priest and accidentally ends up killing a little boy at the same time, was actually his first hitman job. Mm -hmm. So it's not like he had (laughs) killed other people.
1: Still, yeah.
0: I guess my point, like,
1: if that at all helps. (laughs) (laughs) But you're like, he was brought into this line of work with, so you're you have the intention, yeah. So you have the. The perception that he was was intending to do more hits.
0: Yeah, for sure. So it's like. But it's like maybe this was never even meant for him given how poorly it went the one time. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know.
1: (laughs) So we just let everyone free who tried to be a hitman and was like, (laughs) I don't think it's for me. You still need consequences. You just killed a person.
0: The consequences are that his partner and the guy that told them to go killing people got killed.
1: I don't, yet yeah, no. He needs to be in jail.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know.
1: <laughs> anyway, it's, it's yeah, go ahead. G-
0: it, well, for me, ultimately, like, it is a good movie. I do think there is, like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: artistic integrity, but I also will acknowledge the problematic dialogue and mm-hmm. you know maybe wish they could have gotten that message across without kind of going so deep into the racism territory mm-hmm. um but yeah
1: it just fell out of left field
0: yeah yeah i was
1: like what and it was so specific to like black women like yeah. honestly yeah i was like where is this coming from
0: yeah. <laughs> just wait we're gonna like I'm going to look up Martin McDonough and it's going to be like, he's married to a black woman or something. And it's going to be like, Oh, I guess.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I guess that makes it. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm
0: guess i I'm not trying to say that. It's just like, no, yeah. yeah.
1: That's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying I don't want anyone to leave this, like listening to of this podcast with thinking that I find the director problematic or like, that I think this was like a terrible movie because of those problematic things. Like, I think it had a purpose. It had a purpose. There was a reason why it needed to be in there. It was a reason it needed to be in there for the storyline. And that's fine. And I'm not saying that this person is a horrible person because he crafted these characters to be this way. Because like I said, this is the reality of people. And so like there's going to be content that highlights people who have these thoughts. Right and that's just yeah that's real life and so i don't find it a problem necessarily with that it's just i don't want to engage in that kind of content so
0: like i kind of see this this story is like it's great to be told in that it's like an example of like good story writing with the mm-hmm. symbolism and all of that mm-hmm. but it's like if the movie hadn't come out mm-hmm. and was just never made would it have been a detriment to anybody Like,
1: if the movie never happened, like, did the movie,
0: like, did the story of this movie need to be told?
1: Um, I mean, no, why did we need this? (laughs) (laughs) Like, does any
0: so, like, I guess, like, if the story doesn't need to be told, then why use like bigotry against dwarfism and racism? Yeah, or not against racism, bigotry against dwarfism, and then um being racist as like plot devices to further along this like mm-hmm. artistic message.
1: Yeah, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. I th- yeah. yeah, I think I can... The only thing I can say is like going back... I mean, I'm not trying to advocate for it. movies. Do <laughs> Like I'm not trying to advocate for this kind of stuff to be yeah, movies because yeah, yeah. I don't like it.
0: It's just like a thought yeah. that I had while watching the movie of like... Yeah. what? Who, who's the movie ultimately serving? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think it's like... Yeah, I can only tie it back to like our imitating life wanting to do that and also like you're trying to get your audience to feel a certain way about a character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so if you want an audience to strongly dislike a character, like it makes sense to like that they're problematic and so you're yeah. like people aren't going to be. And they're yeah. and they
0: are pers- they are displaying this. Unlikable behavior for a specific purpose of like yeah. this theme of self-preservation gone wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: if that's really if that was really the intention behind it, we're going based off what this r- girl reviewed it as. Yeah, because we don't know. We don't technically know the actual intention yeah. of the director. That's true. Well, and so
0: says yeah. Kohler on blackgirlnerds.com.
1: dot com. Yeah. So until we know the intentions of the director, then it's like. Does it did this need to be in there but yeah
0: yeah I mean funny because I saw um, a New York Post review of this movie New mm-hmm. York Post is pretty like right wing mm-hmm. um, is it y- yeah oh New York Times is no left. New York Times is yeah, pretty <laughs> left and the New York yeah. Post is really right wing mm-hmm. um the person that wrote the review for this movie at the New York Post hated it wow yeah what did they say i mean nothing of substance <laughs> <laughs> seriously
1: oh my gosh um, yeah
0: they just said it was dumb mm.
1: well that's not a good review <laughs> no no it's
0: not it's also the new york post and yeah. i don't expect a good review from them
1: oh, Anyway, yeah yeah i don't know i not
0: trying to make an enemy out of the new york post i don't want Your to make an breath. enemy out of anyone
1: i know yeah i agree but I don't know. I yeah, overall was it for me? No. Will I watch it again? No. Did it make me very uncomfortable? Yes. And that's that. Not yeah. every piece of content will It's
0: not really checking any yeah. of your boxes. It's not. It's not. <laughs> yeah. And so and
1: It I is am- what it is.
0: And I understand that and I respect that and I really yeah. have no problem with that. Um Yeah. And if anything, I am sorry that I kind of subjected <laughs> you to this, like, uncomfortable movie, not yeah. knowing mm-hmm. that that was in the content of the movie.
1: It's okay. It's All fine. right. Well,
0: <laughs> on to Brighter and Greener Pastures. Yes. Let's do our assignments our for next week. Christmas
1: content would be so heavy? Yeah. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, that'll be the end of the yeah. heavy. Because... I've got a fun thing for you Yay! <laughs> for this next week. Hit me with it. All right. So I already told it to you. Um, this you movie did? came out last year. Oh. I'm assigning you 8-bit Christmas.
1: Oh, yes. 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 And I have no clue what that's about.
0: Perfect. It's really cute. I really liked it okay. when I watched it last year. I was like, oh, I want to watch this every year
1: now. We're going to watch it and there's like all kinds of racist stuff. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> it came out last year. <laughs> I Neil Patrick Harris is in it. He wouldn't do you wrong. He would never.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He would never love him. Um, Awesome. I'm excited. You said that's a movie? Yeah. Okay. So I'm switching things up a bit, and I'm actually giving you a show. It's a limited series. I think it's about 10 episodes. They're like 25, 30 minutes each. So you can get through it pretty fast. You can put it on in the background. Um, But it's on Netflix. It's called Dash and Lily. And it's Dash super cute. And Lily, what? It came out, I want to say, like two years ago.
0: I've heard of this.
1: It's very cute.
0: All right. I, I don't know what to expect. So <laughs> sounds good. Yeah. Dash and Lily.
1: Dash and Lily. An 8 bit
0: Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> that'll be, yeah, that'll be a a lighter toned episode. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This one will be. Yeah. Was so if you sad listen, at the end. I know. If you listen to this whole episode, like. Thank you, and I hope that, uh, I hope we did justice to the content that we discussed.
1: Yeah, it's a tough one.
0: Yeah, very tough.
1: Yeah, but on to brighter things. Yes, all right, (laughs) see you
0: next week. Bye. Bye.